Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P.com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Hey, welcome into the Dublin the Denver podcast on the Mile High Report podcast network. Uh, it is, but we're going into the week 13 of the season for the Denver Broncos. Uh, Michael McQuaid here, delighted to be joined with Colin Cronin, back from his uh, long, wild Atlantic travels, and Stuart Roche, uh, biggest Broncos fan in Dublin last weekend anyway. Boys, where in the name of God do we start here? Because <laughs> I, I I have been left speechless by this team on a number of occasions over the last four to five years, but, you know, Jesus wept, Colin. You know, first off, uh, and I know you were talking about this last week, but you, you were obviously over in the States, um, over in Denver, and you weren't at the game um, against the Panthers, but you were actually at the Patriots-Vikings game. Um, I'd, I'd love to know what the atmosphere was like in comparison to Malhai. What was it actually like being in a proper football game where two teams had a chance of actually winning? Uh, it was it was like being being back. I mean, look, the Broncos fans are, are brilliant, and the tailgating was fantastic. But you know, when the the product on the field is the way it is, the I mean, towards the end of that Vikings Patriots game, when they're all going for it, and Justin Jefferson is leading the skull chant, that was um, that was quite something. But you know, the, the in Justin Jefferson, they have a phenomenal player. One of the interesting things about that was. Though he was the last player introduced to the field, an honor obviously usually uh, reserved for the QB, but he it was actually him. And yeah, he is everything you want your wide receiver to be and more. He is everything Broncos country wanted Jerry Judy to to be. I mean, Michael, you say you don't know where where to start. Uh, and uh, 
Nathaniel Hackett is still in a job. I, I wonder now, given what we have seen, if they were ever going to fire him, even if he had lost in London. I don't know. I mean, what, what would it take? But then to add even more to it, the report comes out today from Tom Palacero saying that Hackett hasn't lost the dressing room, but Russ has. And that that might be the most concerning thing of all. Stuart, I did want to, and, and Colm's making very valid points there. It's, it's been an incredible, incredible week in the sense of there's so much going on. Like as somebody that was sitting watching the game on Sunday, um, seeing the whole Mike Purcell thing and Wilson thing and Hackett just standing there, uh, his reaction was just, you know, like in the press conference saying that he basically lied. Let's be honest here. I'll, you know what? My view does not represent these two lads' view. So I, if I get in trouble here, I'll just say it. Nathaniel Hackett yesterday in this press conference straight out lied in terms of what he heard Mike Purcell and Russell Wilson say. He stood there and acted as if nothing was going on. And it, it really is the twilight zone here, Stuart, at the minute, isn't it? Like It's just like, let's get to the end of the year. And then also, Stuart, we then have this game now against the Chiefs in a few weeks, which has been flexed back. So if you were going to go to bed in Ireland or the UK or wherever the hell you're watching it, I'm going to ignore it and, and not look at the highlights in any way, shape or form. Now we must be subjected to this game uh, because the Dolphins Chargers have been flexed into the Sunday night spot. I think um, Mike Purcell was was all of us uh, in that moment, Michael. And I was chatting to Colin uh, the other day about this. And we both sort of agreed that um, Russell Wilson is probably lucky that the likes of Aqib Tlaib, uh, TJ Ward and um, and um, Danny Trevathan are not on this Broncos defense because uh, Mike Purcell comes across as a very passionate but you know one of those chaps of Mary or of Samoan extract who are gen- generally quite gentle folk um, until they get on the field of battle um, but those lads wouldn't have had any truck for this kind of nonsense at all from Russell Wilson and I think it was before you know, not before long, uh, this was was due to happen. It's been amazing that there hasn't been any kind of uh, talk of rifts between offense and defense. Because in fairness, there isn't a single Broncos fan who's watched all of the football that, that the um, the offense has served up this year that would have had a gripe with what Mike Purcell did to Russell Wilson. And um, it's about time. And um, in fairness, I suppose you could counter argue that by saying it's not all Russell Wilson's fault, and we are dealing with a huge amount of injuries. Um, but you know, hey, he's the one who's making two hundred and fifty-four million over the next couple of years, uh, which is now, you know, becoming a huge albatross around the organization, um, around Wilson, around uh, George Payton as well, who is beginning to get more and more mentions about being on the hot seat. And let's be honest, we spoke about this last week, and it's probably not before time. Um, I mean, with the Broncos now, Michael, I'm kind of I'm I'm put in mind of. The uh, the critic, writer, and, and satirist Dorothy Parker, who allegedly every time her doorbell would ring, would uh, would 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 say, "What fresh hell is this?" And that um, is uh, is is a good positive way to look on life. I think in general, I've kind of lived by that rule myself. But also, it kind of applies to the Denver Broncos on a Sunday evening. You just don't know what it's basically. What form of train wreck is 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 coming up as opposed to you know anything approaching a competent um, display of football. It's it's diabolical. Sam Darnold, um, 
beat us and beat us comfortably. Um, and again, sorry, you know, just chatting with with Colin, like it, it would have been it would have been grossly unfair on the Panthers if we had scored from that onside kick that we recovered uh, to make the score 23-17. You know, it, it would have been utterly unreflective of the game up to that point. Um, we were battered. Battered. Usually this season we've had a half decent display in the first half. We've tailed off in the second. This was just rubbish from start to finish. Um, so for me, Michael, I think it's the final insult in a very long line of insults to Broncos fans that we've been flexed out of prime time. And um, like, look at that in in, in just the, and and the NFL are absolutely within their rights to to, to the, dear God, nobody needed to see the Broncos in prime time again. Um, but when you think about it, a Broncos-Chiefs game has been flexed out. Somebody, again, I can't remember who it was on Twitter today, said the reality of where we're at as, as, as an organization is the NFL has decided that Patrick Mahomes in his prime against a division rival is not something that America uh, and by extension the world needs to see in a week and a half uh, because it won't be good for anybody. This is where we're at now. If you thought things couldn't get any worse, then they just got worse. This is this is really a low, low, low point as a Broncos fan. Um, you know, we're on a historically bad run. Um, the Jets may have found themselves a quarterback. We'll see. They could be about to make the playoffs, in which case the longest playoff drought in the NFL will be owned by us. And I think nothing would sum up just how wretched we've been since Super Bowl 50 than that. And we're not even in the company of the Jets anymore. The Jets are looking down at us. So that's, you know, I I, 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 I don't know how we managed to get, what are we on week 11 now? How have we managed to get week 11 weeks of content out of effectively the same discussion every week? Defense, brilliant. Offense, garbage. Hack it, not fired. Yeah, we, we have to give it to the people that are listening because uh, there are people that are listening. I actually met a lad in uh, Gatwick Airport the day after the Broncos game and he was like, oh, I listen to your Broncos podcast. You guys are great. I was like, oh, great. So people are listening and then, and obviously a big shout out to them. And um, Colm, I think I put it into our Broncos group. Uh, I think I said something along the lines of to, to you and to Stuart of where in the hell do we start here? Like, wh- where do we start? There, there isn't really much to, to take away from that. Panthers game apart from the fact that, that we were absolutely atrocious like Russell Wilson going 19 and 35 no consistency in the offense whatsoever players falling out with each other Sam Darnold looking like a decent quarterback against the Broncos team rolling in for a touchdown I mean it cannot get much worse here and what where is the harm in us saying to Hackett all the best Nathaniel it's it's over. Like, where is the harm there? I, I I know I've said this for the last three weeks now, but surely this is it. We can't get any lower than this, can we? Well, Michael, there is a, an Irish poet named Gerard Manley Hopkins, and Gerard Manley Hopkins has a, a poem that is titled "No Worst There Is None." So when you say it can't get any worse, well, Jared Manley Hopkins would say that there is no such thing as no worst because it always can. And, and it's still good. We have to play the, the Chiefs twice uh, over the remaining fixtures. And uh, as you and Stuart have talked about, the locker room is beginning to fray. 
those reports from Tom Pelissero, um, the reports coming out of the Broncos trying to refute that, I think, that maybe half the players went to Russ's birthday. I don't know if that is, is a good way of refuting, um, saying that there is friction in uh, the locker room. Um, I, I know that there had been some, um, I think Field Yates had put a, a tweet out on Sunday saying that the Broncos were the worst offense in NFL history. Um, I, I'm not sure exactly, but our um, while I report colleague Joe Mahoney um, has done a deep dive and there is a piece on the Mile I report website to, to check out where he looks at the first 11 games and the Broncos aren't top of that. They are 11th. The Jacksonville 2011, uh, the Rams 2011, Carolina 2010, Jacksonville 2013, Washington 2019 are the top five in, in that respect. So there have been worse teams. But let's just talk about the QBs. Jacksonville 2011, Luke McCown and Blaine Gabbert's rookie year. The Rams 2011, Sam Bradford he of um, the infamous Business Hall of Fame and the last rookie to get the big money before the collective bargaining agreement came in. So Sam Bradford, second year, and A.J. Feely. 2010 Carolina, Matt Moore, Jimmy Clausen. 2013 Jacksonville, Chad Henney, Blaine Gabbert. 2019 Washington, Case Keenum and Dwayne Haskins, RIP. And 2011 Coles, Curtis Painter and Daniel Orlovsky. Those are the QBs who of the teams who have worst records than the Broncos. Okay. And the rest of the top 10, I, I can tell you, features a whole list of journeymen, nobodies, an absolute boss. Josh Rosen is in there, for example. Blaine Gabbert appears three times in the top 10. That's um where you are if you had Blaine Gabbert on, on your team at any point. Not a single solitary person on the list is making the sort of money that Russell Wilson is. Well, then what's what's the option for us? You know, he 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 is on that contract. He had to get paid for some reason. I mean, I, I look, I, I can see why they paid him. You know, because you don't think like, oh, okay, look, and I I know you had this conversation beforehand, Colin, about they should have waited, etc. I can see why they paid him in a sense of, I don't think anybody expected this to happen, but if he has lost the locker room and if the players are concerned with him, then why wasn't this flagged beforehand? Why wasn't the flag to training camp? Why, you know, the Broncos are still going out with their social media mantra of let's ride. I mean, at, at what point do we just agree to say, no, enough is, enough is enough. I mean, like Stuart already looks stressed out before I ask my question here, but like, I'll, I'll give you this Stuart. Um, I was sitting last Sunday and I seen there's some new like budget airline from Dublin called Play I think it's called Fly Play and they had flights to Baltimore for, uh, for return for 300 nip and I was very very close to doing it it was either that or it was Aer Lingus anyway it was very very cheap and I thought oh the Ravens may be a bit of crack but now, now, now this week I'm, I'm starting to think this could be a cricket score this could be 40 50, 60, and you talked and you said for a long time on this podcast, don't mean the point for the audio viewers, you did say, and I have to agree with you, mate, you said you felt like there was a game coming where there could be blowouts. We've seen the Ravens last week on three occasions, either the wide receiver or tight end core in the end zone dropped the ball, and I know they lost against the Jaguars. I mean, if anything, that doesn't help us. 
let, let's let's be honest going into this game because Lamar Jackson is going to be fuming after that. They should have won that game comfortably and they didn't. Um, do you think we're in for a drop in here? Do you think that it's going to burst? And if it does burst, is it time for somebody to take accountability and go? Um, there's a, there's a lot in that question, Mick. I'll go through. I'll go the last bit. Um, first, I mean, I'm kind of with the Broncos at the moment. I'm kind of, and, and this is kind of taken on a kind of this. This could be described as the literary pod in times to come because I've you know done a little bit of Dorothy Parker. Collins hit up a bit of J.M. Hopkins. I'm going to go with Macbeth now, and I think the way the Broncos are are with with Hackett now reminds me of. Mike Beth, where he says, I am in blood, stepped in so far. that Should I wade no more? Returning was as tedious as to go war. But Macbeth is basically saying, I've killed so many people. I'm, I, am, I am covered in gore to this point. There is nothing to be gained by stopping. I might as well keep going until it reaches its bitter end. And it seems like we've decided that that is the way with Hackett um, because there's been countless opportunities to fire him. Um, I think, Mickey, you were probably right, though. I think the closest it probably would have come would be if we'd gotten absolutely battered by the Raiders at home, which we weren't. Um, to me, that felt like the time, because we do have a history of, of firing um, head coaches in Denver after embarrassing losses to the Raiders. Um, so I think that, to me, was probably the time um, where it was going to happen, and that's passed. And I think we're, we're probably now looking at keeping hacking until the end of the year. I think Peter King said as much in one of his podcasts. Now I know somebody else sort of counter, uh, countered that not long after, but Peter King is somebody who I would listen to. And he said he would be surprised if Hackett was fired before the end of the season, but he would be extremely surprised if Hackett was not one and done. Um, so that's kind of what I'm living off of. Um, in regards to the Ravens, Michael, I think um, myself and my sister have a, have a couple of quid bets on the NFL every week. You know, sorry, I don't know if we're going to get banned for talking about gambling here on, on this podcast, but we, we throw a couple, and I mean literally a couple of quid. Normally we'd win one, maybe two weeks in the season, um, sort of eight, nine game accumulators. We haven't won any this year, which I think is a testament to just how bonkers the NFL is. Uh, this week was the closest, and the game that scuppered us was the Jacksonville Jaguars against the Baltimore Ravens. And they we, So the bet died with a second to go when they got the two-point conversion. And as disappointed and as annoyed as I was by that, from a purely gambling point of view, as a Broncos fan, I realised that we were now going to face a storm when we head into Baltimore. Um, you know, I, I think that the, this is a place that we have a terrible record in anyway. Um, far better Broncos teams have lost in Baltimore over the years um, and I think you know that was a game that as you rightly pointed out Michael there was some really peculiar drops in the end zone it just looked like a lack of concentration more than anything you know defensively brilliant I don't think you're going to get that again uh, you know the defence now as well Michael begin is beginning to look tired to me and I do think you're now looking at the situation where the lack of pass rushes is, is beginning to hurt us now. Sam Darland wasn't sacked the weekend. And if memory serves me, Sam Darland, I, I don't think anybody even put a finger on his jersey, to be honest with you. He had so much time in the pocket. Um, so our pass rush now is, 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 is beginning to hurt us. Randy Gregory um, is a fine player, who, but is yet another in a long line of players that we decided to give big contracts to that had um, serious injury history. Long behold, Randy Gregory is still injured. 
And obviously, we did the right thing in trading Bradley Chubb to get the 26th pick in the 2023 NFL draft um, as the 49ers continue to win and make that draft pick less and less appealing. But anyway, I think this is not a game that I would have been confident in, um, regardless of what had happened against the Panthers. And, and, and like you're now at the point, Michael, where I think you're, you're kind of looking at this and you're, you're going, maybe because the NFL season has been so crazy, we might get one of those bizarre results that sort of go in our favor. Um, that is absolutely not happening against the Ravens in Baltimore. Um, it's an early kickoff. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So you got the early kickoff. You got it close to the East Coast. You got it in a place that we don't do well in traditionally. Uh, against a team that lost the game and had no business losing, so they will be smarting on a quarterback who has carved us up in the air last year and previously we don't do well against quarterbacks who run the ball as efficiently as he does. This game is not a game that I would put your money on us winning, Michael. And Mark Andrews um, is a tight end who, you know, he's up there with the, the Travis Kelsey this world. Tight end is still an Achilles heel for us. We are going to get blasted on Sunday and the only thing that's going to save us from an absolute hiding is if the Ravens decide to take their foot off the pedal in the fourth quarter Colm I'll, I'll jump on top of that before I go to you mate uh, upwards of 40 points to the Ravens I would say by the end of the third I, I don't believe in this team anymore and I don't want to say that but it's very very disappointing mate. it's watching tape back yesterday Jesus wept there's no chance for winning in Baltimore is there give me some sort of hope uh, and anything can happen in the NFL. I suppose that's the that's the one. If you're looking for hope, that's the one hope. And it it is a decade since we last won there on on their patch when we put up uh, thirty four points. Um, but it's go it's going to be exceedingly difficult because I do think we will um need to to score points and it's something that we have failed to do and just give um Joe Mahoney an, another shout out for um uh it's not related um specifically to maybe this game but just to give an, people an idea of, of where the Broncos offense is at so the Chiefs have failed to score twenty points or more once this season the Broncos have scored twenty points or more. Twice, so so <laughs> they failed to do to do it just once, and we have actually done it just twice. Um, which gives you an example of where where things are are, are at. I I do think it will be it, it will be very very difficult. I, I don't know whether um the the Ravens will put a, a true beat down on us. They're a, they're a very strange team and the way in which they lose games, like it, if it's close in the fourth quarter, that could be the way we do it, right? Because they find ways to lose games. They obviously had that crazy game against the, the Dolphins where they threw the, the lead away uh, right at the the end. Um, they only managed to score 13 on the, the Panthers. Um, they managed to obviously lose the, the game at the, the weekend in, um, you know, a bit bizarre fashion. And they also lost to the Giants this year. So they they aren't um, a, 
a juggernaut. May I, I probably thought they'd be a bit better than maybe they have been. Obviously, at times we have we have seen them. They had that kind of really ding dong matchup with the Browns, which was a, a really really good game um, between those two. And they have put up serious points on the the Patriots, um, which would be a bit of a concern. The I saw the Vikings do similar, but the Pats defense overall this year um has been really, really good. So I I I don't see us um winning it in in any way, um, shape or form. I I wouldn't again I, I think it'll be I don't I don't expect it to be a high, high scoring game. And maybe though if if what you are predicting were to come to pass, surely they would have to look at it. But I will say, you know, in terms of why they haven't, I suppose the concern for them is if you move on from Nathaniel Hackett now, right, then the microscope really goes on George Payton and Russell Wilson. And what happens if you move on from Hackett and Russ looks just as bad? And and see, it's kind of hilarious because we're we're actually recording this on the day when Matt Rule is crying about he didn't get enough time in Carolina and he didn't get the sport and he didn't get that, even though he got um, into his third year and he was truly terrible, truly, truly terrible. Um, but the thing is, the Panthers have improved in every aspect since he left. So his argument makes no sense. The Panthers have gotten better since Matt Rule left. Now, if that were happened to, to the Broncos, if they did move on from Hackett, that's different. But if they don't, all of a sudden, the questions, and they are myriad about um, Wilson and Hackett, suddenly grow even louder. Yeah, Matt Rule at the minute seen that. Uh just with a few friends, obviously, that were in, in Dublin for the Nebraska game in August, tweeting about uh, Matt Rule. He seems to be more focused at the moment on good morning football appearances and also uh, getting his daughter a horse in Nebraska. So good luck to him. I I will add to this, and I will you know, talk about Matt Rule. Whoever we get next, because Hackett's gone, we need to bring in somebody with experience. I am sick of this whole, like, oh, but this person's good. They're young. They've got experience. No, no, just just bring someone in. God, bloody bring in John Fox at this rate. Stuart, have you anything else that you'd like to add to this week's broadcast? It's been it's been a pleasure talking with you as always. I think, Michael, I don't know if you saw, there was some very interesting stuff about Mike McDonnell yesterday and today um, and just the impact that he's had on the Dolphins, but in particular the impact he's had on Tua. Um, because I think Tua himself came out and said last year he spent every morning... Um, in the in the season, looking at himself in the mirror, going, "Am I rubbish? Am I terrible? Am I am I good enough to be in this league? Never mind thrive, but am I good enough to even you know exist in this league?" This is somebody who'd won a national championship for Alabama, um, and you look at two and now, and and you look at the job that McDaniel's has done with him, um, and McDaniel's as well, by the way, who. Um, you know, is part of the um, Shanahan tree and who has ties to Colorado, who wasn't even given an interview yet. Yet another one of these successful head first year head coaches who wasn't even deemed worthy of an interview um, because Hackett was part of the get Aaron Rodgers plan that subsequently failed. Um, but so I think, Michael, with this, I think there's a, there's a lot of pie in the sky being talked about what we do at Russell Wilson and how, you know, how can we get out of this and should we draft a rookie QB when we finally have a first round draft pick and all that. But like, realistically, that can't happen because the, the finances just don't, 
they just don't work in that regard. I mean, Colin has been talking quite quite a bit about the Russell Wilson contract and just how um, sapping it becomes in a year or two. Like, if you think it's bad now, wait till it kicks in the year after next. So realistically, the only thing that saves the Broncos is Russell Wilson regaining something even close to his own form. I don't think we're going to see the Russell Wilson five years ago. I think that's that, that ship has sailed. But I think what we need to be very careful about with our next hire, and maybe it's the offensive quarter, maybe it's the, the coordinator, maybe it's 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 the, the QB's coach. I'm not sure, although I do like Clint Kubiak. Um, we need to make sure that the person we get in can work with Wilson. Um, so that, to me, has to be the first thing we look at. If he has experience, great, but McDaniels doesn't. Um but I think you need somebody, and in some ways you actually need a QB whisperer, Michael, as a head coach, because that is where we're at. We gambled, we bet the farm on Russell Wilson, and at the moment it clearly looks like it isn't working. But the way things have gone and the way the contract plays out, we really have no choice. There's no moving on from Russell Wilson. That's the reality. There's, there's no way out of this. So you have to hope and pray and whatever else you want to do that somehow we can get Russell Wilson fixed. Because that, that's the only show in town for the next couple of years. So that has to be, for me, that has to be the most important um, part of, the, of the, the next head coaching search. And I know we're being a bit preemptive here by talking about it. Um, but that, that's the key. That is the key for me because I, I just, th- th- there's no other solution. And I've seen Broncos fans talking and, and you, you know, you don't want to be disrespectful, but it's, you know, that, that's, it, it's just fanciful nonsense. Russell Wilson is here for, the next couple of years, like it or lump it, that's what's happening. So we need to fix them. We need to fix them quickly. Mike, Mike, you have your hand up in Zoom. I was going to say, if you, if you want to round this off, my friend. Yeah, I just, I, I get, I, I totally understand what you're saying in terms of the experienced head coach. But I, I would say... And to me, the process is is probably bigger. I wouldn't be adverse if, if it was the right guy, but I think the process has to change. I think Frank Reich has to be in the the conversation, even though things went wrong, um, with the the Colts. But he would tick a lot of boxes in terms of that kind of QB whisperer, especially if you're looking to to resurrect it. Now, maybe you give him a short term deal to see if it works and see if it works with Wilson, and then you're you're realistic. Maybe two years if he's willing to take it, and and then you know you're moving on from maybe a um your head coach again and Russell Wilson if it wasn't to to work I don't know it's something to look at but to me the process right because the, the Broncos have now hired three first-time head coaches in a row in terms of Vance Joseph um Vic Fangio and Nathaniel Hackett and all three have started three and eight in the meantime Kevin O'Connell and the Vikings are flying Brian Dable and the Giants are flying and you've talked about um, and Stuart has talked about Mike McDaniel and you know what he is doing and all the the clips that we are seeing so what's going wrong with the Broncos what are they what's the process who's involved why are they making such bad decisions they need to reevaluate their hiring process because three times in a row now it hasn't worked it has gone wrong are they what are they they must are they looking for the wrong things are they asking the wrong questions are they are there too many people involved are there too few people involved something is wrong in the hiring process in denver when you have three head coaches in a row and each of them starts three and eight and it, it get like different different three and eights because 
Hackett has Russell Wilson. Um, and in fairness, the others did not have that array of, of QB talent, though. I don't I don't think any of those three are really are really head coaches. And I don't believe Hackett is either. Um, but I just think the Broncos need root and branch reform. And when I have seen some people tweet this this week and, and on Sunday that, you know, they're they've no excitement, the apathy in Broncos country at the moment. And I said this last week, but I'm saying it even stronger now. It should terrify the franchise that long term fans, people who haven't missed a game in a decade are talking about it being a chore to watch, are considering their options. The Broncos need to get it sorted out and they need to get it sorted out quickly. I think that was the most drop mic situation we're going to have there. And I think that we could probably talk more about this. And I'm sure we will next week. Uh, we will be back next week to recap the Ravens game. Um, and we're all picking the Ravens by the sounds of it. Can't wait. Okay, I love it, lads. I I, I love chatting these boys on a Wednesday at 6 o'clock. It's great crack, especially. Who knows? Maybe next week we'll have a couple of touchdowns to talk about. And some, like, I don't know, over 200 yards passing would be nice for us. Uh, anyway, look, uh, appreciate everyone for listening. At Michael underscore NFL, at Colin from Cork, at PurpleHeartTC on Twitter. Um, yeah, uh, go Broncos. Let's ride. See you next week, baby. Go Broncos. Michael, I'm going to say, in regards to Let's Ride, I'm going to quote, Baltimore's finest Edgar Allan Poe never more go Broncos I'll start with the wire cheese